Spike-haired, bug-eyed Bart Simpson, age 10, is the show star and family brat. Whoa, look at this place. What a dump. He is rude, mischievous, and often in hot water. They sent a note from school. What did you do this time, you little hoodlum? Whoop, get out of the way. I didn't do it. Nobody saw me do it. There's no way they can prove anything. This time, it is Bart's wise-cracking T-shirts that are in trouble. This one has been expelled from some schools for its profanity. Another, underachiever and proud of it, has been kicked out of classes from Orange, California to Fremont, Ohio, where Lutz Elementary School was the first to ban Bart. Around school, where tamer Simpson fashions are still allowed, reaction to the t-shirt tempest is mixed. It's just a cartoon, and we won't act like Bart Simpson. If you're an underachiever, you shouldn't be proud of it. The Simpsons Network, Fox TV, will say only that Bart respects elementary school principals, even the ones who have nothing better to do than tell kids what to wear. Don't have a cow, Dad. The sad truth is, all families are like us. And the Simpsons, even Bart, are not necessarily a bad influence on kids, according to some psychologists. This is something that they can grab onto and identify with. Um, if Bart's having problems and making it and doing okay, maybe I can make it and do all right, too. J.C. Penney's, the biggest Simpson merchandiser, has decided not to reorder the shirts that some schools have banned. But with a variety of Simpson items selling at the rate of one million per week, educators can't keep Bart out of school. Chris Bury, ABC News, Fremont, Ohio. This is one of those where the, in the past year, not to date the episode, but... It is where people were saying, oh, the Simpsons predicted it because of all the people taking down statues. Interesting. But that's not really what's going on in this no, episode. Like, at it's all. not. <laughs> no. In fact, it's not for several seasons where there's like a reason to take down Jebediah Springfield's statue. That's even, that's even truer. And it's not so like it's anybody not gets really... to know that anyways. Later. Right. So it's not like... I don't think that this is one of those. I mean, people say that about everything. People it's stretch like, everything from The Simpsons. They just want it to be. They've been on for 30 years. They make jokes every 10 seconds. Right. Like, of course, they're going to say something that eventually is similar. It's like, Nost it's the Nostradamus effect, where it's like he said the most vague shit in the world. And then <laughs> you can just pinpoint it. Yeah. So the next episode that we have on our list for... The Simpsons season one is the Tell Tale Head. Did I say that right? The Tell Tale Head. Yes. Yep. And it debuted on February 25th, 1990, written by Al Jean, Mike Reese, Sam Simon, and Matt Groening. So That's a lot a four, of writers on this. Four writer one, which is not typical for The Simpsons, but four credited writers, uh, directed by Rich Moore. I don't know if we've talked about Rich Moore in the past, Rachel, uh, but he is a pretty prolific Simpsons writer. Hmm. Uh, I'm sorry, Simpsons director. He also directed some Futurama and okay. some of The Critic, but he also directed Wreck-It Ralph oh. and Ralph <laughs> Breaks the Internet and Zootopia. Okay. Mm-hmm. Interesting. I mean, like, when I say if there was no Simpsons, there was no all this other stuff, and, uh, being somewhat hyperbolic, of course, but the the talent that the Simpsons produce for other things is evident every time we say a name and then we kind of go through the list of what they did. Yeah, that's, and, that's and very true. Example. It's like they just started from The Simpsons and then went on and did some more 
big things. Yeah. Yeah, like even producers or other people that that you see pop up here and there, and and we'll continue uh, highlighting that. But yeah, Rich Moore joining the list of people that have made success off The Simpsons. Mm -hmm. So this episode um, has to be considered one of the classic episodes from season one because of the fact that, one, it features Bart. And at this point, Bart Mania is going crazy. Yep. So they know that this is going to be an important episode because of Bart. And... It's also one of those episodes that for some reason has stuck around in the zeitgeist. So the plot of the episode is Bart cuts the head off of Jebediah Springfield's statue in the town square. And that comes back a lot because in the opening sequence now, I think that you see the head, the head either, the head either falls off Mm. onto Ralph Wiggum's head, like it comes, like it like plops onto his head. Oh, that's or, right. Or like or Dolph something and like Jimbo that. are like cutting it off or something like that. So like it it is it has stuck around because it's just one of those classic examples of like Bart doing something mischievous. Sure. And for some reason, it stuck around. I think it also sticks around a little bit because and and there's more than this, but I always I don't know why whenever I associate this episode with the Simpsons did it from <laughs> South Park because. This is one of the episodes that they point to in that episode of something that the Simpsons did because I don't think that so not to get into that episode we'll we'll do that eventually mm-hmm. but Professor Chaos's plan in that episode whatever they were going to have him do was something the Simpsons already did and, and right. we'll remember it more for that but I know like he goes through the flip chart and one of them is like I'm going to cut the head off off the town of founder Samchu and General Destroy is like Simpsons did it yep. Simpsons did it so this always brings me back to the Simpsons. Did it. <laughs> I don't know why, but I, I I associate it with with that more than more than any of the other episodes they mention. In oh, that that's kind show. of funny. But yeah, this is Bart deciding to cut off the head of Jebediah Springfield's statue, and I think the fact that the town founder's name is Jebediah Springfield is a joke because Springfield is such a common town name why would like the fact that it's named after somebody that, i think yeah. that's one of those jokes like where are there li- a lot of springfields that just happen to get their their name uh as a town apparently or is it just like he's just some random guy named springfield there are 34 states with a springfield it's a so, lot of states so <laughs> yeah it's so all the, the same springfield is... it's all jebediah springfield the joke is that, <laughs> yeah, clearly that it's like there's actually a guy named Springfield as opposed to it just being super common. It's not the most common, apparently, but... Yeah. Interesting. Because Riverside is the most common, I guess. Seems so random. Well, I mean, it, they're just like nature names. Springfield. Yeah, they're just the Springfield, the Riverside. Yeah. The, you know, whatever. Like, it, it's always to describe the area that you're in. Exactly. It's not unlike Game of Thrones' River Run or... Mm, yep, that's true. I guess that's really it, though. The rest of them have kind of distinct names. I can't think of any of them <laughs> that, like, has just a name of where it is. Anyway. So anyway... Um, <laughs> Should we get into uh, the tall, the tell, the, the, I'm going to, I keep going to, I'm going to keep saying the tall tale head, but it's the telltale head. I think we can get into it. All right. So this is the first episode that does, it does two things that are weird. 
it gives you the title of the episode in the credits when the when the episode starts. So it says Telltale Head when it's doing like the written by directed by credits, right. yep. mm-hmm. which I don't think that ever happens minus one other time um, in season two. So that is weird. And then it's actually like a flashback episode. So it starts in the third act or it starts at like the end of the show. Listening to the commentary, they said that they did that because when they were doing the table reads, they would get a bunch of laughs at the beginning of the episode, and then the laughs would fall off. Oh, interesting. What if we mix it up? So like the laughs are in the middle? Because I think that they were worried about, they were worried that, and I think it probably was just that the energy was, people were just kind of tired. Sure. But I think that they were worried that the endings were not hitting mm. so that i guess they'd moved the ending to the beginning to just kind of see but i don't i don't know if it works i don't know if there's that many jokes in this opening sequence no yeah there, it's it's really mostly kind of action packed in the opening sequence it's more movement the, and and it's yeah. there's not that many jokes because the episode starts with bart and homer are holding jebediah springfield's head and... Do we see the head or is it in a bag? Oh, do we see the head? I don't remember. I thought it was a reveal. Oh, I should mention too that the chalkboard gag for this episode is I did not see Elvis. Good one. And this is the one where Bart gets squished. Couch gag. Because the, there's only like three or four couch gags in the first season. I cannot remember if you see it or not but i know that they're holding see. yeah they might be holding it you know what i think they are holding just the head because there's like a still of them getting chased by the mob and they're just holding the head okay i thought it w- i thought maybe we didn't know until later and like it falls out or something now i really feel like i have to turn on the the movie <gasps> wait i have no cuz i think no that makes sense because bart shows it to the family later so i think that makes sense that it's not like hidden but what ends up happening is they're being chased by a mob so the idea is that we don't really know how they've ended up in this situation but they're being chased by an angry mob and homer and bart are trying to get back to the town square at this point we don't even know who the heads the statue's head is Mm -hmm. but he just has the head in, in his arms they turn the corner there's a mob that advances on them and then they end up in the town square so before, oh, before they can be attacked, Bart tells Homer to leave and he'll just take the brunt of the, the mob. And Homer says that they'll die together like a father and son should, <laughs> which is a nice little touch by Homer. Bart climbs the statue and he asks them to spare their lives and listen to how he ended up in this situation. So this is how we end up getting into the flashback because the mob, for some reason, and and this is is this the first mob that we get of Springfield? Oh, I'm Which pretty is a, sure. A commonality, like there's a lot of commentary about mob mentality. I think. I would think so. From, yeah. From from the, from the town of Springfield. And, <laughs> and the town of Springfield. Well, one of the things that I, this one of the things I really like about this episode, and one of the things I really like about a lot of the shows we'll talk about, like our favorite shows, probably is the world building mm, that happens. Yes. So this is the this is the first episode where I think we really establish Springfield. You learn about the town founder, you learn about their t- weird town pride that they have, <laughs> and you meet a lot of characters. Like, looking at the wiki, this is the first 
episode where you see Sideshow Bob, Reverend Lovejoy, Jimbo, Kearney, Dolph, Apu, Krusty outside of the shorts, you get an idea of like the one thing that unites them is Springfield. Is right. this the idea of the town? Well, the the interesting thing too is is every time they talk about like the founder and make it this little, it feels like a little town, which is interesting because sometimes they make it feel like it's this big like city and then sometimes it feels like a little town where everybody's in everybody else's business well and that and that's uh, you know that's obviously by convenience but it's right. also like by design <laughs> it's it's as big as it needs to be when it needs to be it's as small as it needs to be when it needs to be that's typical simpsons so bart climbs the statue and he tells the mob just let him explain the story. And they're like, how long will that take? And he says, 23 minutes and something, something. Which I think is the length of the episode. Yes, which, that's, which is that's... a typical length of a Simpsons episode. Yeah, that's the joke. And we end up getting into the flashback story of how he got here. So it starts with the Simpsons are getting ready to go to church. Which again, I think this is probably the first time we see them going to church. Yes. And it's one of those things where it's like, Back then, this was such a controversial family, and they were, like, such a bad family to replicate. They go to church every Sunday. Right. It's it's one of those things where it's, like, I don't think, I mean, obviously, again, we're in the middle of the pandemic, but I don't think a lot of people would say they'd probably go to church every Sunday anymore. No, I think a lot of people just go on the holidays at this point. (laughs) Well, it's just like, I mean, it probably depends on your region. Like, it probably depends on, like, where you are or what kind of religion you are. But Well, we also know people who go, that would probably go, like, three times a day if they could. Sure. But but I'm just saying, (laughs) the idea that they're a bad family who goes to church every Sunday, and it's just, ah, that would almost be, like, a plus. Like, you wouldn't, one, you don't see... So I think, yes, they do go to church every Sunday. However, the way they are at church kind of also depicts, like, okay, bad families. So it's kind of, yeah, you're right. They go to church every Sunday, but they only go because Marge wants to. Well, and maybe that's one of those small town things where it's like, you have to go to church. Or you'll that be too, kind of right. Like ostracized. Right, because everybody knows your, your business. And it's like, oh, I didn't see you there last week. Like, <laughs> one of those. Well, I, I was thinking it more of... I. And granted, I don't watch a lot of sitcoms, but I don't think that you'd see a lot of people going to church on, like, sitcoms. No, I don't know nowadays. No, I don't think so. Almost because, like, you wouldn't want to pin them down as a specific religion. As a specific religion, religion. yeah. That's, that could but, like, be why. They don't, they don't really do that with The Simpsons. South Park is Catholic. Like, those the kids, except for Kyle, are Catholic. Right. In The Simpsons, they're some kind of Christian. They're some kind of Protestant. But you don't really know. It's left more vague. Yeah. And obviously South Park does it for the jokes. But but The Simpsons, I think it's purposely done that way so that it's... They're a little bit more open. Christian. Yeah, but they don't want to get into what it could be. So anyway, they're getting ready for church and Homer is watching football. He's gambling on it, of course. He doesn't <laughs> want to go to church, but he's listening to the game on the way and he, he doesn't want to go in. On the way in... Bart is listening to music in the most 1990s oh, style yeah. <laughs> Bart you can imagine. He's like dancing and stuff. Like you'd never see him. I don't think you'd see him doing this like three years from now. It just <laughs> looks not. so like little kid 1990 to be doing it. I laughed because Marge goes, a personal stereo. <laughs> like it's... The Walkman. <laughs> yeah. 
Oh, it's such um, an old device then, too. Right. Because it looks and like it's like plays cassettes and has a radio on it. That's yeah. what it looks like. Yeah, I think it's a radio and plays cassettes. Because I think Bart is listening to a cassette. Right. And Homer doesn't want to come in because he wants to listen to the end of the game. But Marge yells at him that he needs to come in. So he gets the idea to take Bart's... Oh, I'll just take the boys. And decides <laughs> that he'll listen to the game during church. And this is Reverend Lovejoy... So Reverend Lovejoy, much more of like the fire and brimstone giving the gospel reverend at this point. Yeah, throwing his arms up and being a little more animated than what we'll end up seeing of him, which is kind of a lazy minister. <laughs> which, I mean, but they do account for that as he goes on of how he kind of lost his passion for it. Right. So they do kind of ex explain how he could go from one to the other. In Sunday school, so they're asking who can go to heaven. Who's allowed yep. into heaven? Right. And the kids just keep asking questions. <laughs> and this felt like a Matt Groening skit, almost. Because it felt like a light, like like his life in hell style. Right. Where it's like, okay, if you just open this up, if it's too abstract, the kids are just going to ask you a million questions. Right. Well, because now you said like, well, who exactly? And then they're going to be like, oh, can this type of person, can this person, can this animal go to heaven? Right. Right. I said that she was giving bad answers because they were like, am I going to get to see like my dogs and have her this? And she's like, I don't know. And yes, and, like she's like, it basically drives her nuts. But, right. Yeah. She pretty much she, says like, no, only if you're, you come to church, then you get to go to heaven. And that's yeah, she's kind of very like, specific. Yeah. I, I laughed when she does. Is a little blind faith too much to ask? <laughs> like... She just can't take it anymore. Yep. And we come back to the Sunday school a few times during the series. This is probably the first time where they just kind of introduce you to the idea that while the adults are in the church, the kids are learning a little bit in Sunday school. Which is true. That's, yeah, I mean... We've done that. Well, I did that. Yeah, I think... I don't remember doing that, but... I mean, we had Sunday school. Well, it we was literally had. It was like so, like during church, then they would have the kids go downstairs, and then they would do. I don't remember what we would talk about or do downstairs, it and then like a, it was like the gospel interpreted for children. Basically. I think it must have been, and then we'd go back upstairs for the host. The and, rest of the yeah, then yeah. and then that was the end of it. And it always felt faster doing it that way than actually just staying upstairs. <laughs> <laughs> So but maybe that was we, another reason why. <laughs> but we actually had, like, you had to go for an hour. Well, then you're just talking about, like, those religious classes after school where they would make us go to, like, a, another room and they would come and do all of yeah. that. Yeah. That was different. Homer has decided then to use the Walkman. I assume it's a Walkman. They never say Walkman. I feel like they didn't want to say Walkman because they... That's a brand name. Right, yeah. That's why it's a personal stereo. <laughs> and Homer has turned the game on. So he's got an earbud in, which like nowadays you could probably get away with because you could have like a little... Oh yeah, like the little, little, uh, little like the wireless buds in your ear. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Back then, I think someone would at the very least have seen it. Oh yeah, I mean, on come Homer. on. This is... I do like a... this part though. Well, so Reverend Lovejoy is giving a sermon about gambling and his Ironically. lips match up his <laughs> lips match up to the announcer. Um so whatever the announcer is doing, it 
it tells you that Homer's basically watching Reverend Lovejoy and hearing the announcer in his head. Right. So one weird thing was the commentary said that they didn't want Reverend Lovejoy's voice to match. It didn't match perfect. It didn't match perfect, but I thought it was enough and it almost, it's funnier that it does sometimes. Yeah, like, like sometimes I, it looks perfect and then sometimes it's just his movements that kind of work with like the, the rhythm of what the announcer's doing and... Yeah. So, I mean, I think that was the animators in Richmore having a better idea of what could be going on than than the writers in that particular case. Sure. For, for me. Homer's sitting there waiting, and suddenly there's a field goal attempt, and the kick is up, and it's good. And Homer jumps up. <laughs> They're lining up for this crucial kick. One final tick of the clock remains. If they win, it will cap an amazing comeback, but... It's a 49-yard field goal into the wind. Make it, make it, make it, make it. It's good! It's good! It's good! It's good to see you all in church. Please be seated, Homer. Yeah, sit down, Homer! Everyone kind of turns and looks at Homer, and Marge is embarrassed, and is like, mm-hmm. sit down, Homer! So, uh... <laughs> But on the way out, I couldn't tell. I think Lovejoy was being sincere when he's like, oh, I, I seem to have struck a chord with you, Homer. And Homer's like, oh, yeah, great job, Rev. And like, <laughs> Marge, is, Marge is still mad at him because she embarrassed him. Right. Or he embarrassed her. But I think he, he was being sincere. I don't think he realized that It sounded that more was... sincere than being, like, sarcastic about it. I think he thought, oh, I, I actually think I did get to somebody today you know and because homer just had an outburst which <laughs> yeah <laughs> which he uh, so marge... which he saw as like a good thing yeah so marge is mad at them on the way back so she kind of chastises the family a little bit which is obviously her main role in season one <laughs> um you get some of the kids talking about what they learned in sunday school i liked that homer was offended that the teacher told them that apes can't get into heaven <laughs> Um, That's true. Because um, Homer might be counting on that a little bit, being Homer. Because he is, because he's a, well, he is Bigfoot. And Bigfoot, yes. (laughs) He's he's a brilliant beast. (laughs) And on the way, they they drive by the movie theater and they see Space Mutants 4 is playing. And Space Mutants, I think, was a kind of a running gag in the early seasons where they just kept... Uh, it kept sneaking in. It's supposed to. I think it's obviously supposed to be like a B movie ripoff kind of a thing. But at the same time, like or maybe Friday the Thirteenth or something mm. like that. Okay, that's what I something got. where it's like scary but with aliens and it's a bad it's a bad movie. But I feel like King probably and something Kodos, enjoyable. <laughs> I feel like King King and Kodos is like the ultimate. We this is what we got out of Space Beast. Oh yeah, before. that that could be it. <laughs> Bart wants to go see it. Marge doesn't want. Doesn't want him to. You get later in the day, Bart asking Homer for five bucks, and Homer's like just as I, as you do. I mean, this is this is me on a regular basis nowadays. I'm laying on the couch, uh, <laughs> doing absolutely nothing because that's a good ass Sunday. Homer has it right. Homer and Bart both have it right. Bart's gonna go to the movies. Yep. Homer's gonna sit on the lay on this couch yep. and do absolutely nothing. Lazy Sunday. Those are beautiful days beautiful days folks at home if you get a chance to do absolutely nothing on a sunday i know that we're in this pandemic and i hope that we're are are listening 
uh, has gotten you through it. But <laughs> when it's over, you're going to beg for those Sundays where you get to do absolutely nothing back. <laughs> Take advantage of them. Take advantage of them now. Cherish them. <laughs> Bart gets the five bucks from Homer, and Homer's kind of like, oh, you're not going to go see that movie. <laughs> but he doesn't really <laughs> care. So so he, he, he gives Bart the money, and Bart leaves on his skateboard. And this is where you get a cowabunga out of Bart Simpson. That's true. Is this the first cowabunga? This might be the only cowabunga. That's also true. Because I'm sure that there were t-shirts that said cowabunga on them. Matt Groening insists that he never said cowabunga, but <laughs> it's right here in black and white. There it is. But, like, wait, wait, cowabunga. We're going to play the clip right now. Cowabunga! <laughs> you got to. So, Matt I mean... Groening was like, that never happened. He never said cowabunga. That was only the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. No, Bart did. I think Bart says it because of the turtles. Oh, probably. The turtles predates the Simpsons. Right. But... It's there. I think he spills out on his skateboard a little bit. Jimbo, Dolph, and Kearney are here, and we get the other bullies yep. of the series. And I don't really know if Jimbo, Dolph, and Kearney have any specific... I think Dolph and Kearney are named after... I know Kearney is named after like a something in Portland, Oregon. Okay. And Jimbo is apparently named after James L. Brooks. I think Dolph might be something in Portland, Oregon, too. But there they are. They basically, like, Nelson joins their crew eventually. Eventually, yeah, yeah. Not right of, now, but... Yeah, because they're supposed to be older. That's true. That's right. They're supposed to be, like, junior high-ish kids. And Bart's clever, so he kind of... He's able to be clever enough to make Jimbo laugh or, like, make one of them laugh, making fun of the other. And they ask they tell him, like, sneak into the theater with them like, instead of, like, paying for the movie. Yeah, why pay which, full price type of thing? Right, which, five bucks for a movie, I could only hope for. <laughs> <laughs> which maybe you can get that if you go to the matinee. Like, he's going to the matinee on a Sunday. That's so true. So maybe five bucks, you can still get away with that, maybe? I think it is cheaper still to go to a matinee, I would imagine. Yeah, I mean, I haven't gone to a... So, folks, to give you an idea... Because what we haven't talked about a movie, I mean, we said we went to the theater to see it, like, but but, we're, but we haven't gotten to a movie where, like, you and I went to the theater to see it, because we haven't talked about anything post-1998 yet. When we get there, we'll talk about, you know, if we went to the movie or not, but Rachel and I go to the movies mm -hmm. at least a week after it came out, or, at, yeah, at least a week after it came out, because you gotta get rid of those fans, we, I hate fans. Um, as much as a fan as I am of things, I don't like other people that like the same thing because I'm a hipster doofus. But no, it's more like I just want I want, it, I want it calm. You know, you go see the Avengers on the day that it comes out, you're going to get a ruckus crowd. Oh, I yeah. want to watch the you wanna watch. We want to watch a movie where like the other people are there to also appreciate the movie and not just be like loud and obnoxious and... Yeah, so we go at like 10 o'clock at night. Yes. So we don't go to the matinees. Because <laughs> the matinees are going to have kids in them. That too, yeah. No good. No good. <laughs> so anyway, Bart sneaks into this theater with them and sits down to watch the show. And eventually, I just have that Bart is 
imitating what the older kids do so they're like putting their feet up on the mm-hmm. on the, uh, the the seats, the seats. In front of them so like homer or homer so bart's doing the same thing and then bart's making fart noises yep. to like get them to laugh classic kind of like riffing the movie at the same time yeah yeah a little a little mst3king a bit. <laughs> again mst3k and riff tracks another thing that made us who we are yes. doing this <laughs> they were they were our red letter media before red letter media. It's also very true. They're making fun of the movies and and They're farting the and, and yeah, putting the their feet up. Find, so in the movie, like the I, this is this is very cinematic. Space aliens grab the kids that are like trying to make out in the movie. Yep, and lifts them up, and then you go you come to the movie theater, and the usher grabs Jimbo and Bart and picks them up in the same fashion. And it's clearly a it's clearly the squeaky voice teen. But he doesn't oh, have the squeaky this one. voice yet. Don't you think? <laughs> it's like, gotta it be the, the pimply-faced guy. Yeah. yeah. I think it's close to that, but we haven't really gotten there yet. He hasn't so been anyway, established. Get... Yeah, but it's it's a prototype version of, of him. And uh, the manager kicks them out, and they decide to go to the Quickie Mart. And Bart is buying squishies while Jimbo, Delph, and Kearney are shoplifting. And we get our first appearance of a poo... Nahaspi Petalong. Fantastic character. Voiced by Hank Azaria. And here's the thing. In 20... Whatever year we're recording this in. <laughs> it is... <laughs> I got You gotta keep it open for if people are listening to this 20 years from now. But in the... Like nowadays, Apu is kind of more of a controversial character. I could see that. he's got a stereotypical Indian accent... And he's a shopkeeper, like a drugstore shopkeeper, the Quickie Mart, a right. 7-Eleven type of guy. And it's it was it's a stereotype to be like an Indian person or Pakistani person would own like a 7-Eleven. Even back then, it was probably a stereotype. In fact, they didn't want this to, according to the commentary, they didn't want ethnic voice or I think I can't remember like what the phrasing was that they used. Sam Simon said, don't do anything like that. Okay. But Hank does the voice in the room. The room goes nuts because the room must have, during the the Mm read-through, must have just like, for some reason it connected. So they said like, okay, well, I guess he's Indian now. Like, what's the name of this character? Because I don't sure. know if he na- they name him in this, but eventually eventually in the season he gets the name Apuna Haspian Padalon. Right. He gets a full uh, name, right? Which is... I think he may have just been Apu in this, because he, he like, when Homer come, goes there it, I, later on in the season, I think he's called Apu, right? Or is that... Or do they even yeah. say that in this one? Eventually they name him Apu. I can't remember if they say his name in this one or Okay. Not, but it is his first appearance, and he is a great character. Yes, he might have been like a one-note stereotype joke. But he is kind of lovable. <laughs> But yeah, well, he yeah, he's a lovable guy, and he gains a lot of character. Oh, absolutely. As the, he's got an arc. Like he's he's one of the more fully developed Springfield mm-hmm. Springfieldians Springfielders. <laughs> I like Springfieldians in, in the show. And as much as a stereotype as he might be, I do think for people that kind of were growing up with The Simpsons, you probably learned a lot about Hinduism and stuff like that from Apu. That's true. But, like, nowadays, and I think it, I can't, I'm not going to get into, like, the whole, like, a problem with a poo and, like, all of that stuff that somebody the controversy. made, like, a 
blog or a movie or documentary or whatever it is. I, I, again, it's for us, we're basing it off of what's there. I will say this. I'll say this a thousand times. Damn you past for not being as progressive as the present. Like, you, <laughs> yeah, you, gonna... it, we can't really, it, it, it is what it is at this point. The past isn't going to be progressive like it is now. It isn't. No. It's the past. That's why it's the past. It's what it was before. Yeah, you can't you can't blame it for being what it was like, then. Like yeah, and... like all oh, that sucks and gross. It doesn't really work now, but at the same time it's it, that's just that's but, where it is. It's recorded. It's done. I and I, I... I think Apu is just I like Apu. Anyway. I like the character Apu. I think he's fun. Yeah. He's a fun guy. I, I, his last name, Nahasa Pima Pedalon, is I think there's a there's a there's a gentleman out there that uh, is named Nahasa Pima Pedalon that went to school oh. with one of the people that worked on The Simpsons and uh, I think it was Rich Moore. I think I I'm gonna get who it was wrong, but I know in one of the commentaries they say that the story is, and I'm now I'm just stealing a story from the commentary, but you none of you people are gonna listen to it. So the the story is that in gym class the gym teacher would do like roll call. And they'd go to they'd go to Nahaspima Padalan and they'd just go, ah, there's my guy. Because they didn't know how to say his name. <laughs> so he's like full he's forever immortalized as Apu's last name. Yeah. Well, I mean, he's not gonna be the only one that had an issue getting their name said correctly. We had the same problem. So a lot of kids have that problem. <laughs> but Apu, first appearance, here he is. But as Bart is buying Squishies, which is just the ripoff version of a, um, what's the 7-Eleven version called? I only ever think of them as Squishy. A slush? Slurpee? Slushy. Slushy? Slurpee? No. Slurpee. 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 <laughs> they are stealing stuff, and Bart starts to question them a little bit here. Are you are you that tired? Are are we not? Are we not? I'm always tired. Are, are we? Are is this, are, is this boring you, Rachel? No, I had a long day no. yesterday. My day yesterday sucked. But Bart realizes that they were stealing stuff. He was a distraction to, for them to be able to steal stuff. Right. You see that he's starting to like question it a little bit. Bart's a rambunctious kid, but he doesn't. He thinks he doesn't do wrong. bad things. Bad things. <laughs> But he doesn't say anything because he doesn't want to, he doesn't want the group to be mad. He wants to stay cool. He wants to stay on the inside with the group. Right. They go to the town square and they start throwing rocks at the statue of the town founder. And this is where we learn about a little bit about Jebediah Springfield. We're introduced to him. Yes. We get an idea. Like he killed a bear with his bare hands (laughs) and like the different, the, the different legends about Jebediah. And they tell Bart to do it too. And Bart picks up a rock and throws one. And, and you can tell it kind of like hurts him a little bit to do it. And one of the people that owns a store, which is <laughs> a character that never comes back, which is Mr. Dandy of Dandy's Dan- Candy Most Dandy. Just the, I don't think that ever comes back. Does ever. Not come back. I don't even think it's in the virtual Springfield that No, game I don't we think it is. About. And I, oh God, I played that game way too much. And I don't think it is in that game at all. <laughs> you had to collect all the cards. I did. I wanted to, I was a completionist. 
So they decide to go cloud watching and they're saying like a bunch of different things that like look the clouds look like, which folks, I hope that people still go cloud watching. I can't say that I've done it in 20 years because I just don't think I have. I don't even think like in college, like I feel like people in college that would sit on the quad and do nothing. That's kind of as close as you get. Probably where you could just relax in the, in the sun. Now I want to go do that. It's sunny right now. I'm just going to go outside. <laughs> Bart sees one that looks like the statue with its head cut off. And they kind of say they wish somebody would cut off his, his head. and How cool Bart's it would like, be. Yeah. And Bart's saying that in history class, which like, whoa, Bart learned this in history class. He's this revered figure. Is right. Jebediah Springfield. Which we we learn now he's a revered figure. We'll find out later whether or not that stays true. Uh, come back to in years from now on Shelf Life, I'm sure. That's <laughs> a it's a later Golden Age Simpsons episode. Bart walks away kind of embarrassed because they tease him for defending Jebediah. And on the way home, Bart looks at the statue again and starts to get an idea about how he could be cool. So Bart it walks home. Homer and Maggie are looking through the magazine to get a bowling ball. <laughs> Another bowling ball, yeah. Well, this is set up because Homer was a Homer did get something at some point where he was able to he'd be looking for a bowling ball. He'd be looking to buy a bowling ball. Okay. I can't remember which episode it was, but Well, hold on. Been... I think I don't think we're there yet. Well, he doesn't get the bowling ball yet. But like he's thinking about it. Yeah. I don't remember if he, which one that would have been in. Yeah, I can't remember either, but eh. they're looking for, well, if we can find it, we'll, we'll you know. Whatever. Because, like, he gets money or something so that he can get a bowling ball. I don't remember why he, why, it's like, it kind of fits the timeline. But anyway, Homer is, and Maggie are looking through the magazine to get a bowling ball, and, and Bart asks Homer, how important it, is it important to be popular? And Homer says, it's the, it's, the most important thing, as long as he doesn't kill anyone, it is the most <laughs> important thing. The most important thing in life. Can I talk to you about something? Sure, boy. What's on your mind? Well, I was wondering, how important is it to be popular? I'm glad you asked, son. Being popular is the most important thing in the world. So, like, sometimes you could do stuff that you think is pretty bad so other kids will like you better? You're not talking about killing anyone, are you? No. Are you? No. Then run along, you little scamp. A boy without mischief is like a bowling ball without a liquid center. And Bart takes this to heart. And the, so at night, Bart gets... I don't know where he gets this ninja outfit. I don't know. Maybe it was like a Halloween costume <laughs> yeah, or something. maybe it's a Halloween costume. But he has a ninja, like a full-on ninja outfit. It's kind of cute. I'm, I'm, I'm sure there's a. I'm sure there's a an action figure. Oh, um, I bet Bart, Bart the ninja, and he goes to cut the head off using like a saw. And I said he does a hell of a job. Oh man, off of this statue's head because I mean we've. I don't know what this statue was made of. Like I know Springfield's cheap, <laughs> but like just sawing a head off would take hours oh man it would take so long and then it would be and heavier than hell it would be probably really heavy and i feel like this is one of those things where it's, it would have been impossible for him to get this thing chopped off i think so too but he does and he's able to cut off the head of 
the statue. And we get like a, a shot of the landscape almost, and we get him going, what have I done? Like he immediately regrets it. Right. So then we get a, I, it's not our first reference, obviously, to movies, but we do get, you know, one of those like more obvious references where the next morning Bart wakes up and he turns and the head is in bed with him, like the, the chopped off head. Oh, yeah. It's like, like, it's like, like a, the horse head type thing. Yes, exactly. But he so did it to reference. himself. <laughs> that's true. He, he did it to himself in this one. So not exactly like that, but it is definitely the first of many, many, many Godfather references uh, that the Simpsons will have. I'm sure that there's a, there's got to be a YouTube video where somebody has like put all of the God, like all of the Godfather and like, all of the references together. Like Oh, I would to imagine that like there is. <laughs> there definitely um, could be. But yeah, this is definitely a reference to the Godfather. So he puts it in a backpack, which I don't know how he got it to fit in a backpack, but he did. That is really uh, big. Like it would have to be like the stretchiest backpack. <laughs> he couldn't have anything else in there. And then it's so heavy again. I just I couldn't imagine having this head yeah. <laughs> to he lug go, around. He comes, down, he comes down to breakfast and it makes a big clink noise. Mm-hmm. which should be the tip-off. But then the radio, because it's 1990, the family has the radio on while they're all eating breakfast. And uh, the radio talks about how the head was cut off. And the family is all upset about that. And then they're asked that if anybody has any information about who might have cut off the head, and I think it's Chief Wiggum saying it. If anyone Probably. Has, any, has any information about the head to dial... Oh, and he says <laughs> that number again. Oh, which obviously is a joke because it's not one. The no, that number again. Oh, oh is not a number, right? Um, and it's only one number. So it's, that's kind of the. Isn't that, the wouldn't that, that just? I, I guess it would just be operation. But what? Why? Why would you even? Because well, I guess that? like you'd be like you. What would O be? be? Like four? I think it's six. Isn't O six? Gotta have a phone by you. Yeah, but it's not gonna have like the number. Yeah, it does, doesn't it? You can get a dial. Oh, there we go. It is six. Yeah. So you're dialing six, or are you dialing <laughs> zero? That's my question. <laughs> yeah, folks at home, decide whether or not it was six or zero. Let's do a poll on it. And see, uh... <laughs> if you knew about uh, any information about Jebediah Springfield, would yeah, you if have? You have information would you have about dialed? Jebediah Springfields. <laughs> Please dial the number O. <laughs> that number again. Oh. oh. But that's the kind of humor that I like that The Simpsons has. On one level, you can laugh about it because it's just one number. Like, as a kid, you can get that joke. But as an adult, or a, a smart adult, I, I should say, you get the joke is that the number O, like, it's not a number. So, like, it works on a few different levels. Like the football in the groin. <laughs> My God. But the family is distraught about this because, again, everyone idolizes Jebediah Springfield. And Homer is mad and Bart realizes, like, the ramifications of his actions. And we get a little bit of going around the town and getting people being mad that the head's cut off. Like, right. To the point where, like, Mr. Burns is mad that the head's been cut yeah, off. Yeah, like, there's, like, like, everybody is mad. Everybody really, truly loves the town they're in, apparently, because 
why would else would you be mad that just this random statue in town square got its head chopped off? And Moe's Bar, people are mad. The retirement home, people are mad. And it's just like all over the place. And Bart is getting, you know, more and more like paranoid. Right, he's upset at this point. He doesn't know what to do. But he's done the whole thing so that he can show off to the bullies, the older kids. So he goes and finds them and he's getting ready to show off. Right. Like he's getting ready to take it out. But But they tell him that they beat up the guy. So he, like, immediately, like, puts it, zips the bag back up. <laughs> nope, nope, not gonna do this. <laughs> yeah, he's like, you guys said that you'd, you'd want to do that. And exactly. they go, like, that was just cloud talk. Yeah, cloud talk. <laughs> Which I'm gonna try to use at some point. But that was just cloud talk. Because, I mean, it is. It's just cloud talk. It's just cloud talk. It. At this point, the head starts to talk to Bart. <laughs> and, and I was trying to think of, I, like, feel like... I feel like that this is, I mean, it's obviously supposed to be like Bart's conscience right. or whatever, but you get, you so you get the idea of Jebediah Springfield, what, what his voice would be like. <laughs> right. But I was trying to think of what this reminded me of. I feel like I had it when I was watching the episode. It does seem to like have a, like an idea. I don't know. But there, it seemed like some kind of reference. And if not a reference, just kind of like that I type know, of like trope. Where it's, trope. Yeah. yeah. Where it's like he he's conscious starts talking to him, so it's uh, the inanimate object that they have starts talking to him as the conscience. Yeah, that's it, that is like a trope for a story, absolutely. Bart is at home, and I think this is where it definitely gets to him. Get your opinion on this, Rachel. But Krusty is saying that you need to turn in the culprit, and if you know who did this, we need to find who did this, and mm-hmm. the fact that. Bart's hero is Krusty the Clown, and now Krusty hates him. Right. And I it just, like, that... I think that really crushed him. Yeah. I think, like, that is, like, the tipping point where, like, Bart realizes, okay, he can't get away with this now. Like, he needs to figure out how to get the statue back. Yeah, he's. To... I think he really wants to, like, fix it, but he's not gonna be able to fix it. <laughs> yeah, and because he's not able to fix it, he decides to bury it in the backyard. Yeah, like why is he burying it in a back? I would have just put the head next to the statue and then just walk away. Just, just <laughs> there it is. It's back. Okay, just fix the statue. If it was yeah, me, like that's what I mean. In real life, this has happened before. Where like some jackass steals something. It happens sometimes. I remember. I don't remember. I remember this happening at our high school because, of course, our high school you know, was weird, but... Um, I don't think this is like, weird, but yeah, well, go there on. Was like, there was like a pile of... During that like Christmas time when people would give mittens and shit to the homeless people. Oh. Uh, toys for yeah. kids. And someone stole it. Oh, and I remember like uh, our the news that like the kid, like the... Like the kids news that yeah. come on during the day. Them being like, you've hit a new low. You stole. Like I feel like that, and like it would just show up the next day or like a day or two. Right. It was like, well, crap. Like somebody's gonna like. Oh, turn I did kind of do like a bad it. thing. Yeah. Or they just didn't want to get in trouble. So like, yeah, that makes more sense. Or like, because like, yeah. like even in my college, like you'd go to the you go to to the uh, the dining hall and people would steal like the silverware and plates and cups <laughs> and stuff for like I guess just personal use in the dorms. But then, like, then they have, like, a bucket that says, okay, well, just bring it back when, uh, at the end of the term. And people would. They would just put it in there. I'm like, seriously? Why did you steal that? Well, and, and a fork, definitely the equivalent <laughs> of the statue of Jebediah Springfield. 
I know. I'm sorry. I didn't, have, a, I didn't have another. I didn't have another uh, example in my head. But but you are right. He should find a time. He should do the same thing. He should ninja out of the house. Set the, and he should just put it in a bag. Set the set the head down and then just leave it. It's back leave. and then they can fix it. And but Bart wants to bury the head. I feel like if he buries it, and maybe that's where the telltale head comes in like the telltale heart uh, he's trying he to bury it. it yes yes of course see see it's the You're beating of something. the hugest heart <laughs> lisa's saying it in that episode i tried is years away <laughs> is again one of my favorite moments but i mean i think i hear something <laughs> um, again our simpsons episodes just references to other simpsons episodes <laughs> But I think maybe that is where the title comes in. Like I can no, that makes see sense that now. Yeah, I so kind of get. I understand to... why they had to bury it. So. Yeah, so he wants to bury it, but as he's burying it, the head of Jebediah is telling him not to do this, <laughs> and and he could be a hero for standing up for what he did wrong. Mm-hmm. Is what the head tells him. I get Bart wants to be a good kid. At the end of the day, he wants he to do what's right. So I do think like his conscience gets the best of him. He wants to do the right thing. And, and instead, and he, I don't know if this is how the Sunday school part got into his head too. Mm. Go, you know, going to, they didn't, they never really talked about, they, no, they, talk like, about, like, they didn't really talk later. about sin and hell or like doing something bad, like causes that. No, they were just talking about who gets to go to heaven. Yeah. So maybe, maybe not, but he, he just wants to do the right thing. Right. And he decides doing the right thing is owning up, at least to his family, that he did it. Mm -hmm. So he comes in. As he walks in, we actually get a little bit of a historical account of Jebediah. He killed a bear with his bare hands. That's (laughs) B-A-R-E pants. (laughs) And they said, although now most historians think that the bear probably killed him. (laughs) (laughs) But that feeds into what we learn later on about Jebediah, that yep. there's a lot of tall tales about him. Maybe the bear didn't, he, maybe he didn't actually kill the bear. The, the bear probably killed him. <laughs> little by little, like the truth kind of comes out about right. historical figures, which is true nowadays too. Absolutely. People, people have a hard time finding out the truth about a lot of people from the past, but... Right. You got or like again, that, those extra are another... those extra pieces of their life that they just don't really talk about because it was normal back then and nowadays it was, it's like oh wait a minute yeah you know? it was either normal back then or people just want to have a very sanitized view of it that because too they, they want to believe that there was like a good or there's a bad and there's not a lot of gray but if there's probably sometimes... a lot more gray in history than we really yeah, want to the, admit again, especially when it's like depends on who's writing it. Yeah, and again, our thing on shelf life is we kind of want everything to be out in the open. I don't want anything to to necessarily be put in the vault and never talked about again. I just want everyone to know where everything comes from. Right. And you can enjoy the art, again, separate from the artist. Exactly. So anyway, I don't know how we got on. Oh, because we were talking about Jebediah. Yeah, we got so on anyway. a rant right there. Huh? We got on a little rant. Yeah. It's okay. Bart reveals the head to the family. And Homer goes like, I knew it! Like, he, he's immediately mad and like every, and everyone's kind of mad at him. Bart is like, Where did you, why did you do this? And Bart says, like, I got in my head that being popular was the most important thing. 
And Homer realizes that he gave bad advice yep. to Bart. So Homer ha- kind of has to confess to giving that advice. So Marge tells Homer that he has to go with Bart to put the head back. Yep. So now we end up back to where we, we started the episode, where Homer and Bart are walking into town, and they're going to put the head back on. And we get Bart saying, if you still want to tear me apart, that's fine. But I was just a Sunday school student that got in over his head or whatever. <laughs> and uh, here's the thing. Uh-oh. <laughs> so they forgive him. Bart puts the head back on. Yep. Our first hint that Mr. Smithers, is, that Wayland Smithers is gay, we get an I love you, Smithers, and from mr burns right and and smithers goes the feeling is more than mutual sir <laughs> so it's like kind of that's probably our first hint at that well that he's at least he's in love with burns yeah <laughs> yes he's a yes he's a burns asexual as yes they've said. but there's no reason for the town to forgive bart yeah not really, really. they don't reprimand him at all at this point Bart doesn't really... That, Bart just kind of sets the head back on. Yeah, so, they don't, like, like it makes fix sense. it. They need to, like, solder it or something. <laughs> I think it makes sense that the head kind of falls off in the beginning of the credits now. Yes, because it's just set on he there. Just sets it on. There is an alternate version of this ending. Oh. Is there really? Mm-hmm. And in the alternate version, Bart makes the case... That they never really understood that they cared so much about the head until... The head was taken. The head was gone. Interesting. So you don't really know that you love something that much until it's gone. It's that saying. Now, apparently they had to put that into the original episode because the FCC required at the time that there be at least 28 seconds of educational content in an a- every animated show. I don't know what has been educational about in 28 seconds about any of the prior episodes, but apparently there wasn't anything educational about this episode. Interesting. But it was only when it first showed. So, like, our DVD doesn't have that. Maybe it's on there, like, as an alternate cut or something like that, but that's not how the episode actually goes. Right. But... I don't know. Maybe we can find it on YouTube and see what that was like. Well, that's my story. And if you still want to tear apart this young Sunday school student as he stands on the brink of salvation, I await your wrath. But I'd like to add one thing. It wasn't until I removed the head of Jebediah Springfield that we realized we were taking our heritage for granted. That was a crime, too. One I think we are all guilty of. And the kids got us there. Got a point there. And I know that I'll always feel an inner shame far greater than any punishment you could dish out. Far, far greater. Far, 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 far greater. Oh. Somehow I don't feel like killing anymore. Neither do I. Yeah. Forgive me, sir. No problem, Bart. That's the the end of the episode. The end of the episode is Bart and like the the town is kind of surrounding the statue, I guess, and singing Kumbaya or whatever. And Homer and Bart leave, and and I do love Homer's last parting words, which is, good going, son, but remember, most lynch mobs aren't this nice. Right. So, like, he does, like, it's a, it's a tale of things There's, there's your learning part of this, this episode. 
<laughs> Lynch mobs aren't nice. Okay, got it. And the episode ends with Bart learning learning a lesson. I don't know what the lesson really was. That popularity isn't everything? Yeah, I guess it is like, don't do something stupid just to be popular. Yeah, don't go against what you... Th- he, got, he went against his gut on that one, I think, as well. Because it was like... Right. The stuff was telling him that these guys aren't really that good, considering they were shoplifting and doing all of that stuff, breaking the rules. And he was just like, but I want to be popular. And so he went against his gut and did something bad, which made him feel guilty, which, I mean, that's a good thing. At least he has some type of moral. But (laughs) that's kind of what he learned from it, I would think. Right. And I think that is the lesson that a lot of people, a lot of the folks at home, I mean, not the folks at home. I think the folks at home are the, the smart percentage. They're of probably the a bit more clever. Yeah. Yeah. But like, there's a lot of uh, YouTubers, TikTokers, uh, Snapchatter. I don't know. Whatever the kids are doing nowadays <laughs> that could take that. Because like, there's so many dipshits out there that do stupid crap just to like. To be popular and get attention. Views and be popular. And yeah. yeah it's. Unfortunately, it works a lot of the time. Um, yeah, but it does. It's a lesson to be had. So, Rachel, what did you think overall about the Telltale Head? <sighs> Take your time. We got all day. Shut up, Kevin. <laughs> uh, I think the Telltale Head is is an okay uh, episode. I it's not like one of my favorites, but I do like it. I think it has like a lot of moments in it, which is nice. I don't know. I don't know what to say. I really don't know what to say. I think I liked I mean, it. I liked it. I liked it. I wrote my final thoughts just are, I can see why it's well remembered. Cause yeah. Especially for the time. It's Bart centric. There is a little lesson. That's true. It does have the little lesson and everything. I do like it. I do like this episode. I don't think there's a lot of jokes in it. No. But I can see why it's well remembered. Right. It does just feel like a story more so than like joke after joke type of episode. Like when we get to the end of the season and we rank them, maybe a spoiler alert could be like, I probably have this in the middle somewhere. Yeah, I was thinking middle. I was thinking middle. Because I think there are a couple that we could definitely put at the end of that list. So. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, very much so. Uh, yeah, but see, is there anything else? Um, so I, the sign, uh, a sign gag that, that we didn't talk about, Space Mutants 4, the subtitle for Space Mutants 4 is The Trilogy Continues. So there's another, like, subtle joke. Yep. Space Mutants 4, the, the Trilogy Continues. <laughs> and Bart recognizes Jimbo because he's the worst kid in school. So again, it's another thing where, like, you get popular by being a jackass. Sure. Which... Or at least... Yeah. You're just, like, known, even if you're the the worst. You're very well known. Oh, and uh, I should also point out that this was the first episode uh, with Tress McNeil doing voice acting, because she did Dolph and the Sunday School Teacher in this okay. episode. And Tress McNeil would do the voices of different characters here or there. A lot of the teenagers she would do, but she does Ag- she does Mrs. Skinner. She does Agnes Skinner. Okay. So that's probably her her best. That's her best work. Is, I would think is so, Agnes. Yes. We'll get to her. Uh, but she does like different people here and there. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, so that will do it for the Telltale Heads. Oh, come on. What? We've got... We have at least the damn... All right. All right, folks. We, we're out of time again. We'll be back. I don't know if we'll be back in Springfield next time, but we'll be back again. Thank, thank, thanks for coming. Yeah, thank you. believe there's a good and there's a bad and that and that my microphone fell i heard that one <laughs> testing